the Go to Women podcast with your hosts, Sophia Garcia and Tasca Narisha. Tune in as we interview those affected by childhood cancer, gather perspectives, and help others find comfort in their expertise. Today, we'll be discussing the effects of the pandemic on cancer care. Um, I specifically wanted to talk about this situation because um, we've all seen the impact that the pandemic has had on um, all of us. And I feel like it would be interesting to see um, the new developments we've had in order to help um, patients with cancer throughout this entire pandemic. What about you, Sophie? Yeah, I agree. And also just, I feel like I personally don't know about the effect of, of the pandemic on cancer specifically. Like, obviously, I know how it's affected me and a lot of other things like school, for instance, because like we experienced that because we are in school. But I feel like since we don't have that many close ties to cancer, we don't know that much about the effect of the pandemic on it. And I also just think it's important to just discuss like, because obviously the pandemic was it was a very big part of our lives. Um, so I feel like it's important that we talk about like the effect it had and then move on from it. I feel like it's also important because um, throughout the pandemic, we've kind of seen how it affected um, low income families and communities throughout the entire world. And um, specifically with countries that um, are filled with um, low income families. And I feel like that also played a part in it. Um, there was um, a specific um, story that I found online, and it was about a mother who had um, a son with cancer. And um, unfortunately, what happened was um, they weren't able to go to the hospital, um, specifically because of the fear that um, he'll be contracting COVID, which is also a dangerous thing for cancer patients, but also because um, of the economic stress that was um, put onto the shoulders of the family. Uh, she used to earn $5 per day and um, that was reduced even. And um, it got to the point where they weren't able to afford the bills needed um, to like continue the treatment that he needed for his um, cancer. Yeah, I didn't even think about how like the, how big the um, economic aspect and like burden of the pandemic, how that could affect like also access to care. Um, I like also found how it affects uh, low income communities and also certain races disproportionately. Um, like with one study I was looking at, it was about uh, the impact of the pandemic on African-American cancer survivors. Um, and with them like already, uh, just in terms of like healthcare overall, people of color are just, they have disproportionate access to um, healthcare, like their healthcare needs. Um, but especially during the pandemic, more than 40% of cancer survivors within the study that were African-American uh, reported some disruption in their access to medical care at the time due to the pandemic. And these delays in like access to medical care led to a lack of detection. And also it delayed treatment, which allowed the cancer to progress further. And um, that not only like worsened the cancer, but it also was worse because they had the possibility of contracting COVID at the same time. Um, and then also just the impact, like overall, the pandemic had a very large impact on mental health and also just physical health. Like a lot of people weren't able to go just live with their daily routines and that would affect people's mental health and physical health a lot. And as a result, like a lot of people develop some habits like smoking and alcohol use, like for coping. And that also led to increased risk of cancer, which... Um, I think I completely agree with the first part you said um, with the screening idea. Um, I've also found that screening has been put off and people were diagnosed at later stages, which um, 
greatly impacted a lot of people who were um, could have been diagnosed earlier, but then they ended up not getting the treatment earlier that they needed. Um, and another thing that you mentioned that I like was the mental health aspect of um, this entire thing. I feel like we've put that, I've put that off because um, I couldn't find enough information on that, but I did find information that um, from our previous episodes, we found out how uh, cancer does take a toll mentally on patients. And I feel like even with the COVID stress on top of that also takes a huge mental stress. And um, I feel like the, um, a good point that you mentioned was um, people turn to other um, ways that they can cope with this whole pandemic issue, which in turn um, made them have a higher risk of getting cancer. Yeah, it's also just, just like every aspect of the pandemic just kind of affected all healthcare and the cancer, especially because it's uh, such a large scale disease. Um, and I think it also just like shows how it's not just one thing. It's not just like mental health or physical health or even like lack of access to like care during the time it also like how you mentioned before it has it very much ties into like status in society and how people are disproportionately affected like even before the pandemic but like especially during the pandemic like economically and also like through care and i just think that shows how big of a problem it has become um and then also because um, while I was doing this research on this study specifically, I found that um, also like vaccination rates are just lower um, among like African-Americans specifically and also just all people of color. Um, and just African-Americans like in comparison to other racial groups, like other people of color, uh, they had lower vaccination rates. And that's also because of the lack of access they had to clinics, um, like vaccination clinics and just back, like just getting vaccines anywhere. Like, it was less accessible to them than it was in wealthier areas. Um, and as a result, like people could contract COVID easier. And then at like that affected them as a whole, but also like, especially with people that were cancer survivors, like, which is what I looked at, what the study I looked at. Um, I feel like COVID, uh, the pandemic did enhance a lot of the problems that um, people were facing and um, not specifically on cancer patients, but um, as you said, um, people within low income um, households or um, in, um, that are people of color. And um, uh, going back to that um, story that I was talking about um, where the mother earned um, a mere $5 per day, um, she was already um, not being able to buy the necessary food um, that was needed for someone to survive. And I felt like, um, that also kind of ties into this issue of um, cancer because a cancer patient needs the proper nutrition um, during their treatments. And I feel like without that, um, it greatly um, impacts them in a negative way. And also what I found was um, that there were limited cancer facilities and they were centered in one place. So people um, were not able to travel, especially with the COVID-19 restrictions that have been placed. Uh, people weren't able to travel from place to place to be able to um, find oncologists to be able to get the treatment that they need. Yeah, location is definitely like a really important aspect too. Because just as what you were saying about like nutrition, just in terms of like access to like proper nutritious foods uh we see a lot less access in like lower income areas and because like people in those areas often can't afford like certain prices of like the i guess more expensive or healthier options because like just in terms of like the food industry like fast food is something that's a lot cheaper than like the healthier options and as a result like people are getting 
in lower income areas don't have as much access to like this nutritious food and that can also like lead to cancer and other illnesses because if they're not getting the proper nutrition and also there's a pandemic on top of that uh people are more likely to get sick and contract other sicknesses um and adding on to that fact, I found an interesting um, statistic that I found was that for every um, one doctor there were, there were 5,000 um, cancer patients. And I feel like that's such a huge number for um, one doctor to be dealing with so many patients, especially during the COVID-19, where um, so many people were coming into the hospitals um, because of the pandemic. And I felt like um, one thing that the mother said that was interesting to me was that they felt neglected. Um, and I think that's a good way to put it because a lot of these resources that were available um, were being used now to be treated for COVID. And I feel like that also um, was um, played a huge factor in low income um, uh, communities because the same resources that are limited are also now being used specifically for COVID patients that could have been used for um, cancer patients as well. Yeah, definitely. And just like in terms of overall, like a lot was delayed and put to the side because of how large scale the pandemic was um, and how easy it was being contracted and different variants and stuff. And that not only delayed, like not only access to care and like treatment, also diagnosis, but it also delayed cancer research, which put us behind like at least like a year and a half. Cause with the head of it, there's been like several like, um, high transmission times. So I think that just the overall like impact is just very large because you're not only um, like, there's not only delays in like, or suspensions of certain procedures like cancer screenings and surgeries that will like inhibit people's ability to recover from cancer and just be cured from cancer. But you're also like losing years of research that could help get like for like advanced treatment and also um, like make it easier to cure certain types of cancers. I think that's a good point you mentioned um, that the idea of COVID impacting cancer not only affected um, the patients itself themselves, but it also affected um, the research that we're we're um, um, getting from um, the research on cancer. And I feel like that itself is concerning because um, a lot of this research um, is because we don't know. Um, a lot about cancer and I feel like it's necessary to be able to build up as much information as we can um, and COVID really did impact that area um, and one thing I found interesting was um, well cancer treatments um, they can suppress the immune system often and so doctors um, they have told patients that um, once your immune system has recovered um, after the cancer treatment, uh, for example, like chemotherapy, then you can get vaccinated. And I feel like that's kind of like um, a slight contrast between um, people that don't have cancer and people that do have cancer, um, because um, we were advised like, um, go get it quickly and um, get the vac vaccination process done. But in this case, although vaccinations were um, proven to be safe for cancer patients, it also um, sort of proved as a threat almost. Um, if the immune system was already compromised due to like chemotherapies and other cancer treatments. Yeah, I don't think that's a really like large point also because when they are going through cancer treatment or also maybe, yeah, the chemotherapy, um, they're more likely to contract COVID as well. And that could like make it, make their cancer more, not more aggressive, but it could like 
hurt their immune system even more. And as a result, their cancer could like progress further. Um, and just like in terms of, like overall impact and some statistics I found, um, I found that the overall rate of like surgical procedures um, decreased by 48% compared to 2019, like at the height of the pandemic, which is like almost half surgical procedures. And that's like a lot of people when you think, cause it may not seem like that much, but when you think about the scale of like the amount of people that have cancer, especially in the US, it's extremely large. Um, and then also another thing I found is that from March, 2020 to May, 2020 alone, 10 million people miss cancer screenings, which is like very detrimental, especially for survivors. Cause oftentimes cancer um, can come back for survivors. So they already have been compromised in the past and that could affect their ability to fight cancers. And if they aren't getting those cancer screenings, like they won't know, which can worsen. I think um, from one of our previous episodes, we also talked about how um, a lot of these cancer cases are concentrated in specific areas. Um, and um, since we've been focusing a lot on like marginalized groups um, throughout the world and how cancer cases are often concentrated in those areas, um, I also felt like um, that what you said also plays a role into um, the disparity we see. And, um, but um, as we're talking about the chemotherapy, I also found another thing called telemedicine, which um, has also increased because of the pandemic. And um, it kind of interests me because um, this is um, something that is done uh, through internet access on your computer, tablet, or um, smartphone. And um, you talk with a doctor live over the phone or video chat. Um, and there was um, an instant where a, a mother was able to um, spend 30 minutes talking to the doctor and be able to find the best treatment for her um, four-year-old daughter with brain cancer instead of having to travel to a whole nother place, take a day off for work. And I feel like um, that is pretty beneficial having that. Yeah, it's definitely important to also consider, I believe we talked about um, mostly the negative impact, but just the positive from it also. Um, like with Zoom, for instance, like with schools, like a lot of people were getting access. Um, it also, so obviously the pandemic did inhibit a lot of people's access to proper education, but also with like Zoom and things like that, a lot more people were able to like attend classes regularly, even during like a, a, as scary as the time as it is during a pandemic. And I think that's like really cool, like what you mentioned, because that could also be used like in the future, even when, because now where the pandemic is not as tight anymore, um, people could still use that in cases where maybe they won't, like maybe certain doctor offices or clinics are not um, very accessible to them. So they can use like um, technology and things like how you mentioned to like access proper care. I think telemedicine also um, helps with the mental health of patients because a lot of times um, patients are separated from their family and um, during this virtual visit with their doctor face-to-face, -face, they're able to um, be with their family still and still get the treatment that they need. But um, another question that arises with um, specifically with the idea how you said how people who often cannot access these um, cancer resources, um, they can use telemedicine as well. Um, I found that to be like one of the best things specifically for telemedicine that is widespread that anyone could use it. 
Um, but I also found interesting from the other side where um, doctors have said that a lot of a lot of these uh, marginalized groups, um, they may not have access to internet or they may not even speak the same languages as um, these doctors who use telemedicine. And so um, it wouldn't be able to be used worldwide and it might even prove an even, um, I guess, um, a, a worse situation in which um, these, um, well, we're already seeing that cancer creates this disparity among um, uh, different communities, but um, doctors have said that telemedicine can also um, further increase this disparity among communities. So do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I definitely think that's a possibility because I know like especially um, in certain school districts, like throughout the country, there were some school districts that during the pandemic, especially during the height, we're just not having school at all. And they were very set behind school because there's a lack of access to technology and um, underfunded schools in low-income areas were not able to provide the proper technology. So I definitely think that that's very prevalent. Like, I don't think it's a possibility. I think that's definitely already happening. Um, and I see how that can also create issues. But I think, yeah, I definitely think it is possible though. Um, I, I like how you connected back to like us students during the um, pandemic for Zoom. I feel like with that connection, we kind of see um, how similar sort of the situation is. And I agree with you, um, a lot of schools, they did not have access to the um, in, like educational, um, I guess, um, platforms online to be able to teach their students and students themselves may not have had um, internet access within their house. And I feel like that also plays a part in further increasing the disparity that already exists from um, the cancer resources being distributed among communities in such a, um, I guess, disproportional way. And just in terms, I feel like I haven't touched on, I touched on the study that I found with um, the impact of the pandemic on African-American cancer survivors, but just in terms of like patients that had cancer during the time of the pandemic, um, I found that there was an increased risk of death among like older people, especially because they were more at risk due to the pandemic. Um, and also a lot of people already with cancer already had many co um, comorbidities, uh, meaning that like they had other um, sicknesses on top or like health issues on top of having cancer. Um, and like that's already, com comorbidity is already a very uh, large issue. So having a entire like virus that is very deadly, especially to older um, generations, I think that definitely created a lot more problems. Um, and then I also found this study about um, like a, around like 400,000 adult um, cancer patients. And it found that 15.9% of them or like around 63,000 of them um, were diagnosed as COVID positive like during their time of receiving treatment. So I definitely think that that already will affect their immune system and make it like create a worse situation for them. And that definitely increased like the risk of like mortality at the time. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. I feel like um, people who are already suffering from um, cancer, they weren't able to get the necessary treatment that they needed because of the pandemic, everything was held off and um, everything was held off and um, it, uh, resources were um, declining and there weren't as many um, medical professionals to help as well. Um, 
And I think a similar situation was um, a doctor stated that there was patients with um, heart um, problem symptoms, um, but they weren't able to get into the hospital um, quick enough to be able to get the necessary um, treatment that they need. And so they showed signs of an untreated cardiac event from several months earlier. Um, and it, it may be from a result of the patient's fear. Um, oftentimes they may not even go to the emergency room because um, they're so afraid that they'll be able to con uh, con they'll contract COVID and it'll increase um, it'll, their death risk because of COVID. Also, I think it's also important to consider like um, the things that the virus caused in some cases. Like I've heard a lot of cases of like heart issues or um, respiratory issues due to having um, the virus. And I think that's also important to consider because if you already have cancer on top of that and now you have like newfound health issues because of the virus itself, that could also worsen it as well. Um, I found that people with blood cancer may be at higher risk for prolonged infection and death from COVID-19 than people with solid tumors. Um, that is because blood cancer often have abnormal or depleted levels of immune cells that produce antibiotics, um, antibodies against viruses. And um, I think that's a pretty important because um, it kind of shows how dangerous COVID-19 really was. Um, and I feel like it was um, really dangerous for people with um, cancer or people that have been diagnosed um, with cancer a few months after the pandemic, once they got the treatment in the hospital. Yeah, I think that's especially important just because of um, what you were saying before, like how little access there was to like healthcare during the pandemic, because obviously there were like a lot of healthcare workers, um, but because of the amount of people like going into hospitals at the time, um, it was like very hard for people to get access to care. So I think that also brings up the idea of like how disparity can like how the pandemic worsened disparity within the healthcare system because there are certain people probably that got access to care more easily because of their position in society and like what you said but people like um that are that have blood cancer and increased um risk of death due to COVID-19 like they may not get the care they need even though they have a they're higher risk because of like disparities so yeah, I think that's also important to consider. Um, relating back to your um, old point that you made about how um, more diseases can be topped up on to like the cancer itself and how some people develop um, respiratory issues and um, heart um, disease um, on top of having cancer. And I feel like um, that also kind of ruins the track for um, the plan for cancer because of uh, Prior to the pandemic, um, there were people who had cancer and they had um, plans with their doctors. They talked it out with their doctors and decided on what exactly they need to do further on um, to battle cancer. But then um, they realized that COVID can cause um, many other problems like diseases, infections. And once they contracted it, um, it led to more, a more severe problem and it led for the initial plan um, to be discharged instead of having this um, other plan prior to the pandemic, which they could have followed. Yeah, that's also with like, just I guess, um, like likeness to disease. Like I also found just stuff about disparity, like people of color, um, even before the pandemic, were already more likely to be diagnosed with like later stages of cancer. So like, just with what you're saying, like having um, the pandemic on top of that, like they're already less likely to get like early detection the pandemic would delay detection more and that would allow it to progress more. Um, 
and also just overall like delays in diagnosis due to the, due to the pandemic just further expanded the disparities in survival um, with cancer. And like, I think that's also important to consider. And also like, what, did you find anything about like how COVID would affect um, like disparity and like just access to proper treatment or like cancer in the future? In the future? Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't find any information on that specifically, but um, I guess on the topic of telemedicine, um, we've already talked about how um, some doctors believe that telemedicine will help um, people that are in marginalized groups or low income areas, and uh, it'll give them more access to um, resources um, with doctors. But other doctors have said that, oh, it might not help them because um, it might cause um, more disparity among other communities. But um, going off what I've um, researched, I feel like in the future, these problems may progress, like the disparity may progress still. And um, with no doubt, it probably will, but uh, we could still take um, certain steps in ensuring that these people who are um, in, uh, who are um, suffering because of of this disparity, um, they get the resources they need. Maybe like um, providing internet access to them or maybe reaching out to them. And I feel like it's also important to like go ahead and go learn your story. Um, I feel like with that mother who is in a low income area who earns $5 a day and being able to um, afford her son's treatment, I feel like it's important to get to know their sides um, and understand what they're suffering to be able to take those situations and be able to like, okay, what can we do to solve this problem? What should we take? What steps should we take um, in the future to be able to solve it? So it's possible for it to be solved, but then again, it's possible that problems may progress still. Yeah, I think that's definitely just a really important point. Just like looking at how um, the disparity during the pandemic was so large and also just, it kind of just pointed out how large, like there, how many disparities there were due to like race and other issues in the healthcare system like how much the pandemic pointed that out. Um, and then also just in terms of like the future, I found that the delays and disruptions that COVID caused um, with, with cancer um, will continue just to affect cancer care in the future. And there was like a study done that already anticipates um, an increased number in advanced cancer diagnoses to come in the future because people weren't um, like able to go to hospitals as often. So they didn't get early detection. And as a result, like, in the future, like in the in, in the coming years, um, there will probably be diagnoses of cancer that will come in like later stages, and that will like also impact like how much people are able to survive, and also the aggress how aggressive the cancer treatment would have to be, and that would affect like expenses and yeah. I think we've seen some improvement. I mean, in August 2020, 40% um, uh, of patients visited uh, visits at the Uni University of Texas at St. Um, Antonio um, Mays Cancer Center were occurring by telehealth. And um, in uh, Philadelphia, nearly 7,000 patients were seen via telehealth between March and July 2020, where COVID peaked and um, compared with approximately only 100 patients during the same period of 2019. But this also um, is a time where we have to stress like telemedicine, it's still in its early stages. There's still a lot to improve, but seeing these numbers are, it's kind of heartwarming um, knowing that um, such a thing um, 
that probably we wouldn't have known would work in the past um, has become so beneficial, especially in a time where we're, um, we're doing mainly everything through virtual means. And um, I feel like um, that statistic itself um, shows that there may be more improvement in the future and um, patients may get the access they need despite the disparity that still lingers around. So um, if you wanna get a shout out, we do shout outs on our podcast every week. Um, and if you want to get a shout out, you just have to participate in our Sunday trivia that we offer on our Instagram at the Golden Room Podcast. Um, and it's just questions about cancer. And if you uh, just participate and just like there's a poll at the end and you just click yes on that, then you'll get a shout out in our video. These week's shout outs are Sap to Dance 1, Emma Sherman 1, Isa underscore Santoyo 04, B E L L O underscore X, It's underscore April. Uh, Kira Siegel, Kayla Baines underscore, uh, E B I D D E L A Cruz, is Rue Rue underscore, and O O dot O N E I, uh, Ashley dot Philip. Oh, <laughs> okay, sorry, okay, okay, Ava Shap, Janet Yay, um. Anya Sony, JS Holy One, Marina, uh, Forky dot underscore Fork, Gabby, uh, Gabby EEC underscore, Scarlet dot LZ, uh, K underscore Motor, Lexi Scabilia, uh, Lexi dot uh, Cordova, Etsit Sass Seven, Jason Stanley Twenty Four. Flop Josh. Uh, and underscore beauty XO. And Ella Dryon. If you or someone you know are looking to support childhood cancer patients and help them experience a better childhood but are stuck on how, Cancer Kids First may be the answer for you. Cancer Kids First is a nonprofit organization started by high school Olivia Zink that aims to improve the childhoods of cancer patients. Through volunteer work, donations, fundraising, and the creation of this podcast, those working with Cancer Kids First work to further its mission. If you're interested, go to www.cancerkidsfirst.org slash get involved to get involved. Another way to support the mission of Cancer Kids First is to listen to this podcast and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at The Good Room Podcast and Twitter at TGR underscore on air. You can also get in touch with us through our email, thegoodroompodcast at gmail.com and episodes will be airing two times a month. Thank you so much for joining us on our episode of The Good Room Podcast. If you have any ideas for or want to be involved in future episodes, make sure to check out the link in our Instagram bio. Have a nice day and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye!